really exciting to be unveiling these new change facilities here. Our government's been incredibly focused on delivering for sport at the elite level and right the way through to grassroots level as well. This facility hadn't received uh, any love for a long, long period of time. Of course, we know that uh, the change rooms here weren't unisex, they weren't uh, fit for uh, women to come and play here. And we know the Reds do an outstanding job, both the male team and the female team playing here at Highmarsh Stadium. So we're really proud to be investing more than $50 million in the Highmarsh Stadium. Of course, now we have world-class facilities to go with our world-class athletes and the world-class event, the Women's World Cup, that is coming here to Highmarsh Stadium in Adelaide. So these facilities are a real uplift in, uh, in what we've seen here at Highmarsh Stadium. The facilities that were here before weren't up to scratch. We now have four unisex change rooms, which means, of course, we can play double-headers, as we already have, so the women can play uh, before or after the men, and uh, we can have double-header women's games, double-header men's games, and they have the facilities that professional athletes deserve. So this is another example of our $400 million investment in sport here in South Australia to make sure that we have the facilities that will get South Australians more active. We know that if we can get every South Australian doing 150 minutes of exercise per week, we can save the health budget a massive $800 million a year. Hard to believe, but that is the benefit of sport and health. And we know through these times as well that uh, with COVID and uh, as we come out of COVID, getting people physically active is really, really important. But so too is the social aspect of sport, getting people out and about, having them interact, and uh, and generally just having communities come together. And sport does that so wonderfully well. So this is a really great outcome. Uh, we know that without this investment here into Highmarsh Stadium, and this is stage one with the change rooms first, of course, we wouldn't have got games for the Women's World Cup. And we're really excited about that in 2023, of course. Uh, the World Cup is going to be great for Australia, but Adelaide, we know, will turn it on like nowhere else. So to be delivering these facilities uh, is a real passion of the Marshall Liberal Government. Along with Highmarsh Stadium, of course, we're investing heavily in State Sports Park out at Jeps Cross, uh, a home for Football SA, and of course, great facilities again for more junior players to be playing the game. And we know with the Women's World Cup coming, uh, more women are going to be playing uh, soccer, more young girls are going to be taking up the sport because they want to be like the two ladies standing behind me. They see their superstars play out here on Highmarsh Stadium and they want to follow in their footsteps. So uh, yeah, it is a great announcement. We're really excited. We look forward to showing you inside in a few moments time. How far along at the end of stage one is this compared to where you expect it to be? Yeah, everything's on time and on budget, which is really great news. The team's done an outstanding job. They had to work around, of course, uh, the A-League season and the, the W-League seasons as well. But the plan in place by the team here at Highmarsh Stadium has been exceptional and, uh, and what they've delivered so far is world class. Yeah, look, of course, more works to go on uh, on the other side of the ground. Of course, uh, there's the media centre to come, the roof going on the stand. You can see uh, just behind me to my left there as well. So that's going to be incredibly exciting. Uh, new Wi-Fi facilities, of course, LED signage around, and a new scoreboard as well. So the facilities are going to get um, revamped like never before. Uh, really, this facility was left. Uh, uh, unattended and unloved for a long, long period of time. We've invested back in that, and what we've seen from that investment is we've got games for, for the Women's World Cup, and the uh, Adelaide United Reds women's team and men's team will benefit from this for a long, long time to come. Yeah, Minister, just back to the question, how is this going to impact games here and spectators in the future? 
so look, as we work through it, maybe Phil might talk more to the specifics of the actual build and the technicalities around it, but there is more to come. You know, putting the roof on, of course, that stand over there will be limited to its capacity for a period of time, uh, but the works that have gone on uh, have already had some limitations. You can see uh, some of the seats covered uh, as it stands. So there will be some limitations uh, to Highmark Stadium, but of course the Reds and, uh, and the team will uh, relay that to fans and spectators, but I think everyone is appreciative of what the end game is going to deliver. And that's a world-class facility here for our world-class athletes so we can have a world-class event in the Women's World Cup. Would you like to speak to one of the girls? Yeah, we would, yeah, absolutely.
social media trolling is not something that's new to Josh or any of our players. Um, so it was incumbent on us just to look into it a little bit further and see you know, what the course of action may be relative to some of the comments that were seen online, which weren't necessarily related to the physical um, abuse on, on the Saturday night. Um, as we know, with social media, it, it's worldwide. Um, so any anonymity of the accounts means don't necessarily suggest that they're supporters from the game or linked to the A-Link, but there, there were comments uh, that, you know, Josh and Wheat Dan weren't acceptable. Um, what has the response from police been? Have they given you any preliminary uh, feedback on this, uh, an update? Are they open to this investigation? What's their response? Uh, no, we're still looking through it all. I mean, this isn't something that, again, is new, unfortunately. We went, uh, we, we investigated the Casino Yangi um, online abuse um, last year. Um, so it's really fact-finding to understand uh, you know, the thresholds and, and what social media is very great. Um, we found that when it's in, in stadium or in person, it's relatively black and white in terms of what can and can't be done. Social media, as I said, there is that anonymity. Um, so we're just looking into exactly what that looks like in regards to some comments that came to on, uh, on Sunday with Josh. And how is uh, Josh going? This has sort of been going for a couple of days now. He's had an intense level of um, uh, attention on him. How is he? Yeah, he's, he's good. Um, so he's been training. So I returned to training um, on Monday, actually. But yesterday was our first first proper session back. So again, I mean, not to, to suggest that it's acceptable, but he takes it all in his stride. And for him, as he said from day one, it's all about the football for him. So we, we, we've taken on board um, you know, the investigation in terms of looking into it, um, as have victory in, in the league, and, and let Josh just focus on football. So I spoke with him yesterday afternoon, he was in good spirits, and I think he's just really looking forward to getting back to playing on Saturday. Do, do you think that there are elements of the league uh, and of the game um, that need to join Josh and this club in the 21st century, essentially? No, in what, in what sense? Well, it's sort of pretty backwards sort of viewpoint. Uh, slurs in the game, so on, so Well, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's unique to our sport, and I don't think it's unique to sport. I think this is something that, I mean, in social media, you know, commentary or even, um, you know, in-stadium stuff happens everywhere, unfortunately. Again, okay, that doesn't make it acceptable, but it's not something that's unique. Saturday night is not a, not a one-off one-off occurrence. It's somewhat unique in terms of the context of it relative to Josh, but our players have copped it before. We've seen it heavily in the AFL over the, the past few years, so it's something that we've made a stand against, um, and we hope that our supporters do as well. The Red Army are very proactive in promoting some inclusive messaging in terms of what they expect from their members. So I think it's, um, it, it shines a light on, I don't think a broader issue, but a small element of, you know, uh, professional sporting fans that some aren't really welcome. Do you expect any different Red Army this week? I know they've been quite supportive of Josh. Oh, yeah, I, would, I, I don't want to, you know, preempt, tell them, um, you know, what they need to do, but they've been really forthright in the past with this, so I'd expect they'll come out and, you know, in support of Josh. As you've seen in every game, and they've had their, their banners out for every game since the announcement in October last year, so I'd expect they'll be supportive as they always have been. Yeah, it's great. It's been long overdue. I mean, we we uh, last played prior to our game last month. We last played a double header here in January 2017 um, with the women's team in uh, what was the old back gym out 
there with you know, temporary air comms and the away team in the boundables, which at the time um, wasn't acceptable, but it was our only means to an end in giving giving the women's team the opportunity to play at the home of football in SA. So um, getting to experience it for the first time um, since 2017 last month was great. Uh, it's obviously better from a football perspective, as you said. The facilities are much better, but I think what's really good is it exposes the program to a much broader audience. As good as Martin is as a, as a community facility, um, broader broader awareness of our women's team and, and allowing more fans to see them play really needs to be done here. I think the result of the match itself it was one of the you know, more enjoyable matches I've seen here in a long time, last time around. So it's it's a it's a good day out for the family. We hope more people coming along this Saturday as well. I imagine you've probably been pretty good timing in the way that. Yeah, our aspiration is always top four. We've said that, you know, publicly for the last two years. There's no secret that we haven't qualified before. Last year we were a kick away, quite literally. I think one more goal in that game here would have got us there. Um, this year, as you alluded to, it was a little bit slow. I think, you know, COVID, we've had disrupted uh, pre-seasons for both the men and women. The ability to get players here has been um, staggered. We're now basically at that point where we've got the full strength squad, we've had some minutes under their belt and a few weeks of training and I think the results over the last few weeks have shown that now. Hopefully we can, we can, we can take on um, you know, the big boys in terms of City um, and really you know, look forward our final potential for the win on the weekend. Corey touched on that uh, all the works were on time. At the moment, when's it looking like everything will be done? Yeah, so we expect for the start of next season, uh, you know, we'll be back to Cooper Stadium at 100%. So that will include the Eastern Stand, as you can see, which is under construction at the moment. Um, change rooms are fully operational, but we'll have the new big screens in LED um, back to the full capacity as well, hopefully post-COVID. So uh, a little bit disrupted this year, but we're still at a, at a capacity over 12,000 in here for match day, which is good. But next season, we expect to be back to 100%. In line with uh, Adelaide boy, though, that could be a coincidence. It might be here on holiday.